Hi, you're listening to What's New Today, a kids and family podcast about current events shaping our world. I'm Sangeeta, the host of this podcast channel, and in every episode, I'm usually joined by a child, and we take one story and we talk about it. However, in this episode, as we edge closer to the end of 2023, we're doing our year-end wrap-up series where we highlight two or three very interesting and important events that have taken place in that year. And this episode is about space, science, and tech. Let's hear it from our co-host. Hello, everyone. I am Agastya. I'm from Mumbai, Maharashtra, and I'm 11 years. Welcome, Agastya. Hello guys, my name is Kiyan Sujata Payek. I am from Mumbai, Maharashtra and I am 10 years old. Welcome Kiyan. I am glad that uh, both of you were able to join on a bright sunny morning. We are recording this uh, on December 9th, which is a Saturday and I think I have woken both of you up a little early for this recording. Did I? Did I wake you up early? No, oh, am I? Wake up at about 6 o'clock. So, you wake right. up at 6. Wow. I wake up at 7. Oh, wonderful. What do you do on a Saturday morning, 6 or 7? I assume you don't have school. I just take my books outside and start reading them one by one. We are not talking about school textbooks, are we? No. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> good, good, good. I mean, I do karate classes on Saturdays, but they're in school, so. Oh, so you get back to the school campus. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. All right. So I thought we'll kick off this episode with a quick quiz where uh, we'll quickly discuss and discover some of the important and interesting things that took place in space. Here's what we're going to be doing. I'll ask um, Agastya a question if he knows the answer. He gives it. If he doesn't, the question passes to Kiyansh. Second question goes to Kiyansh. If he knows the answer, he gives it. Otherwise, it passes back to Agastya. And I'm not keeping track of score. I hope that's okay with both of you. Of course, it's okay. Yeah, of course. Okay, wonderful. Here's the first question. Now, I know most of us know that India did make a lunar landing at the South Pole of the Moon. But just a few days before India managed to land Chandrayaan 3, uh, Chandrayaan 3's rover and lander on the moon. Another country had also attempted it but failed. Agastya, which country do you think had attempted it and failed? Just two days before Chandrayaan 3 was supposed to land. I think it was Russia. Yes, it was Russia. Yes, the space quiz. Uh, this uh, was discussed in the space quiz podcast episodes. They failed and two days before they were and just two days before they were just about to land and they were crash landing, not a soft landing. Yeah, they crash landed it, yes. Thank you, Kiyansh. So we had uh, done an entire series on space, uh, the entire uh, space history of India, beginning from the very early years of how India launched its first ever rocket from the shores of Tumba, right up to its historical landing on Chandrayaan 3. It's, this is a series of eight episodes. In case any of you would like to just pop down into the show notes and you can listen to it. Uh, second question for Kiyansh. India sent another mission called Aditya L1. Towards which star was this mission sent? This mission was sent to the nearest star, the sun. Sun, yes. Bonus question. Can any of you tell me the connection between the word Aditya and 
already the hand is up aditya uh. means first and uh, l l what means mission one no aditya is not first aditya in sanskrit means do you know no aditya in hindi too no okay when we do surya namaskar do you know what surya namaskar means you okay pray to the sun yeah you pray to the sun so the first thing you say is om adityaya namaha that's the first thing you say when you start off the surya namaskar so aditya means the sun in sanskrit okay next question to agastya nasa's artemis mission is to send people to the moon eventually so they'll be sending this mission in multiple multiple stages nasa's already sent people to the moon in the past remember when neil armstrong yes. landed there that was part of the apollo mission series do you know the connection between the name apollo and the name artemis is i think they were uh, gods in either the roman or i guess greek mythology because that's where roman mythology came from apollo and artemis were both greek gods yes that is very correct they are also connected yakiansh like a brother or sister or something like that yes they are twins in fact absolutely right wonderful the next question goes to kiansh everybody knows about uh, international space station here all three of us know yeah okay in the recent past there was one other country which has it established and completed its space station in the last year or so where they can do their own experiments on board which was the other country which sent its space station within the last year or so Europe, Europe. Okay, nice guess, but it's not Europe. Agassi, do you want to give it a shot? Country, most probably USA. USA, no. So International Space Station already has the European Space Agency, the United States, Canada, Russia. All of these countries are already a part of this. This one country, which is. the second largest economy in the world and it's not part of the international space station so they decided we want to create our own space station and they've just done it china yes the answer is china china also now has its own space station where it sends its own space scientists up there to do their own experiment are you surprised that china managed something like this not really cuz china has done made a small start with the help of nuclear fusion mhm what do you mean by so, made a small star we're not talking about a model inside a school no not not that way they actually made the small version of the sun with nuclear fusion the uh, scientists are still experimenting on it the scientists think that that small star can supply electricity energy wow very interesting okay so you're not surprised at all China managed to develop not exactly surprise because if they can create a small star making a space station is just almost nothing it's a cakewalk yeah <laughs> very interesting now we'll move to the next part of this episode which is where each one of us will discuss one very interesting and important science discovery that happened in this year it's not necessarily a discovery but it's an event that we are very happy to celebrate this year you know some of us may know that there are many creatures underwater that are endangered 
And who would have thought giant creatures like the blue whales would have been endangered? But in today's episode, we have a very happy story, a very happy event to celebrate in the year 2023 about a recent science discovery that was made by a group of marine scientists in the deep oceans. Kiyansh, I know you read about this. Tell us what am I talking about? Uh, Humbags have made a spectacular comeback this year, about 8%. Uh, so specifically, if I, I speak about that, the humpback whales have been uh, hunted down near to extinction because of commercial whaling, which was popular until the 1910s. Agastya, why do you think people hunted whales? Do you have a wild, do you want to take a wild guess? They, they do uh, kill whales for their blubber. So the blubber of the whale is a very waxy substance. So it's whale oil. Uh, when people had to burn lamps, right? They needed oil, so they would use the whale oil. A little bit of that oil also used to go in our soaps, margarines and all of that also. So commercial whaling, which uh, is in a sense, you know, huge ships which would race across the oceans and follow these whales and then people would kill it. Uh, this was something very common and uh, I am, I don't know how many of our listeners know, it is a very shocking number that 95% of all the humpback whales had been decimated. We had lost most of them because of commercial whaling. And this went on until about 40-50 years ago. So it's such a pleasure to hear that these humpback whales have now come back in numbers, although they've not reached the same numbers that were there earlier. We know for sure that they are now growing in numbers thanks to a ban on commercial whaling, right? Where have these scientists observed these commercial whales coming back? Sorry, these humpback whales coming back in numbers. I think so. In the um, There was a trip aboard the Molly B in which Joe Gados, the captain was Joe Gados, hmm. and he was aboard the Molly B. What he is Molly B? It's a ship. Yes. Hmm. He was uh, going across the Salish Sea and he spotted a few... Um, humpback whales. So, their major public sighting was done in the Salish Sea. Since 2011, they have increased in the Salish Sea. Wow! There's something very interesting about how scientists have found final proof that these humpback whales come to this part of the world to breed and grow in numbers. What was the method that scientists used to detect the whales? Attach a tag, red tag, and that will lead to the trace of the population. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true, right? They'll tag each whale and they'll tra track. Okay. But how do you know that the number of whales are growing? Because you haven't attached tags to the new whales that are born, right? This case, maybe uh, the, the chip could have detected that they have reproduced. They might have not detected maybe the number, but... Uh, I'm sure the chip inside somehow had a way to detect that there were new whales getting born. Okay, so you think the chip on a whale detected it. Okay, you're somewhere close. Let me give both of you another clue. See if this helps. Connect a podcast mic and the ocean. 
there was like this mic in which even you where was born mm. noises would be heard yes. by that mic that that newborn whale yes absolutely so what scientists did was they attached a tiny little mic a recording device on the sea bed on the ocean floor which would record voices and whatever sounds it heard not voices whatever sounds it heard every 15 minutes 24 by 7 for 365 days and they collected all the recordings and when they looked at the pattern they figured that the number of whales was growing interesting very very right awesome okay very happy to celebrate kian how did you feel when you read this piece of news this piece of article was just mind blowing because when i was 6 or 7 years old i was very small so i didn't know anything at that time and i heard that the humpback whales i used to call that the humbaleen whales the humbaleen whales were just disappearing so i got a little bit sad at that moment but now i am happy oh wonderful Thank to you. hear yes i hope a lot of children who are listening to this and even parents and adults are very happy when they hear that humpback whales are growing in numbers right yippee all right Now on to another interesting piece of technology uh, that Agastya has to share with us. Agastya, tell us uh, what is this technology and how is it going to help? It's going to help children more than adults, right? Oh well, very well. There is this syndrome called lazy eye, also known as amblyopia. One of their eyes is not properly moving, so one is one eye is uh, normal, but the other eye just cannot exactly move and so the right. two eyeballs are not aligned yes so previously the treatment should be using a patch you put it on the eye and uh, the eye somehow makes the weaker eye stronger so it is works like a pirate's eye where you sort of cover the strong eye so it forces the weaker eye to look in the direction and the muscles of the weak eye have to start functioning otherwise you can't see right so yeah i think that's how the patch works and people would start trying to fix it i think as early as 6 8 months or maybe 12 months also so uh, the treatment for that we have recently uh, used new technologies like vr goggles vr goggles are becoming very popular day by day not just in treatment the vr goggles Uh, they have they they show uh, TV shows like uh, Disney Hotstar, Nickelodeon. The uh, stronger eye has blurred vision, like they blur up the screen on one on the stronger eye. The other part is clear. The weaker eye is now forced to look at it. Is forced to use its muscles. Same in. They wear the eye patches, but the eye patch fully covers the uh, stronger eye. This VR goggle basically just blurs it a bit.
are people saying that via goggles is better than using an eye patch is that what doctors well, think it comes with its own disadvantages of uh, ophthalmologists say well money might be a bit of a problem because so ophthalmologists say that it's expensive if money were not a concern doctors uh, feel that the child has to wear an eye patch for sometimes 3 to 4 hours a day or even longer whereas with vr goggles that discomfort is reduced to just 1 hour a day but the other to the other time the child can keep both the eyes open and comfortably move around it's very irritating and- right to wear a patch kiyansh have you ever seen anyone wearing an eye patch no one except pirates pirates <laughs> yeah but can you imagine what a child would be going through when they have to wear an eye patch for a few hours a day a very young child he would be probably crying the whole time that hour ah where is my eye my eye is gone yeah but with vr goggles you can merrily watch something on screen and maybe it's nickelodeon or some cartoon yeah. scripts right now with these modern technologies we are must be having fun i feel one advantage though is that for kids who have these disorders or anything they they do have disadvantages in in this world the solution for that you're making it more fun for them so that they they at least feel happy like in this case also you're using these vr goggles mm-hmm. and simultaneously you're letting him watch something you get these mocked but uh, when you uh, are allowed to have some fun in the treatment it might benefit that's how vr goggles are good in one way wow i had a question do these vr goggles and uh, eye patches are temporary treatments or permanent they are temporary so over a period of time once you use the patch or the vr goggles and the lazy eye or the weaker eye starts to function as normally as the other eye and both of them get aligned you stop using but if for the life that may happen again it can happen it's not impossible but it is very rare i can see this with a little bit of authority as i'm a mother and one of my kids had lazy eye syndrome when they were born when she was born uh, rather it continued for a while and i had to go through this i should not say i went through something that was painful by putting an eye patch on her she went through it it was reasonably painful but i don't think she ever cried i think at that time she didn't realize that i was putting her through this uh, treatment and she would just you know try to use her hand and move that patch away as often as she could we had to talk to her and we had to tell her that you know this is something that has to be there for a few hours every day try to see through the other eye uh, at that time she was very cooperative a touch wood so far it and uh, her uh, condition was resolved Uh, maybe if she had via goggles today she might have had a more pleasant time like what agastya said maybe it would not have been as painful as it might have been for her but she, at that time she was too young she could not have spoken about her discomfort yeah but it was not a very pleasant uh, time in the entire family i can say this it was fairly painful she has a sibling and the sibling wasn't wearing an eye patch so it gets worse you know why am i wearing it when she's not wearing it she can't say all those words she was very young at that time but i'm very happy personally as a mom who's been through this treatment for lazy eye syndrome that if something like a vr goggles were aware, available today 
I might consider it. Yes, of course, we all have to look into what the impact of the radiation on that eye is. Radiation won't affect them because of deterioration. Six yeah. hours a week is almost nothing. Almost nothing. <laughs> awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. We now come to the next part of this episode, the fun riddles and jokes. I made like about a few jokes. Mm-hmm. My my first and my very and my very latest joke. Mm-hmm. It's my ninety fifth one now. Ninety fifth is... one. Congratulations, celebrations! Yeah, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> so, um, why was the psychologist confused when the bear came for therapy? Because he didn't have a couch large enough for the bear. No, no. Because he could not different. Uh, he could not tell whether the uh, bear was polar or bipolar. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. Well, uh, for everyone who is listening, bipolar disorder is a disorder where your uh, amygdala is not functioning properly, so you can feel happy at one time and sad at another time. Yeah. Uh, the second one is why cannot some deer some deers play a hide and seek? Because they are easily spotted. Yes. yes. Oh, I am glad I got this right. Okay. Fantastic, Agastya. I always love your puns and riddles. Kyanj, do Thank you have you. any riddles that you want to share? Yes. Why was the Easter bunny so upset? Why was the Easter bunny so upset? Uh. Because there was no gift in it for him. Gift anywhere for him. No, because he was uh, having a bad hair day. Bad hair day. <laughs> Great pun, Kyanj. I loved it. Here's a small question to tickle the brains of our listeners. Do humpback whales have a hump? Really? Take a wild guess, even if you do not know the answer. If you're listening to this on Spotify, just scroll down. You'll see something called show notes where we leave a lot of description of the text. And just below that, you'll find this question and you can hit reply and leave your answer there. Or you can send me your answer via email to hello at wsnt.in. Also, if you love stories and history, a link to our eight episode series on India's space journey is in the show notes below. Ta-da! And see you in our next episode, which will be a sports wrap-up of 2023. Thanks for listening and... Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year! Happy New Year!